0: Honest honky-talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live With Alex Doherty and Sean Smith. On Smashville's Best Sports Talk. 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. And the Game Nashville app.
1: Welcome in to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I'm your host, Alex Doherty, and joining me is Sean Smith. We are here to talk about the Nashville Predators. Thank you very much to the Nashville Predators preview show. Max Hers, Pete Weber, Hal Gill, fantastic show to lead us into tonight. Sean, how's it going?
0: It's good. I'm I'm sitting in Hal's chair. It's a lot taller than normal, and I had to pull the microphone down to reach my mouth instead of his, so a little well, bit of an adjustment.
1: Well, I'm getting to speak into the microphone that, that uh, Pete Weber was using, so I feel pretty special.
0: That That is very special.
1: <laughs> Today on the show, we are breaking down what we've seen at training camp and in the preseason so far. Um, we are also going to hear from Spencer Stasny, who uh, I talked to at practice last week we're going to talk about the Nashville Predators power play. John, the power play. Yeah. Namely, who is in charge mm. of the power play.
0: Question of the day.
1: What will it look like? What's it going to what's it going to look like on the ice? What can we expect there? And then of course, we'll have some opening night roster predictions, and then we will conclude with the 3 on 3 draft back in action for the second week. Can't wait. But we got to start today with a puck drop puck drop topic. And that topic today is, which player has impressed you the most through the first two weeks of training camp? So there's been, gosh, 50 players coming in and out, and some of them we've only seen a little bit of, some of them we've seen a lot of, some of them we just saw, a couple guys just got here. Um, so, Sean, I'm going to actually go to you first. Okay. Which player has impressed you the most through the first two weeks of training camp?
0: Okay, now this this is not going to come as a big surprise coming from me, but I will say, player that's impressed me the most in training camp is tommy novak novak is someone who you know we saw come up uh make a little bit of a splash and then disappear for a while a couple seasons ago and then come in and have a bigger impact last season And, and the question for me is you're kind of looking going into this camp as you know who's going to play center on the second line um you know, you've got Glass, who was very impressive last year. Glass really made a name for himself. I think he was a good storyline, and a lot of people really like talking about Glass. But I feel like Novak's come into camp and has kind of established himself as the, as the likely second-line center. And so I, I see what he's done. He's got good control on the ice. He, he makes things happen when he needs to. And uh, I think that's what the Preds are going to look at as far as getting a center on that second line when the, when the puck drops on the first game of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I like that option. Novak is is uh, is impressive. He's definitely um, he's picked up right where he left off. Yeah, I mean, he was such a good, such a huge part of that team last year, and he had a lot of um, a lot of momentum going into the season. It's good to see that he has continued that. He hasn't yeah. hasn't dropped anything. I'm going to go with someone who I don't think had a ton of momentum last year, and really over the last couple years has. Lacked momentum, (laughs) has been kind of stagnant in his development, and that would be Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro to me has stood out more than probably any other defenseman, uh, save for the the usual Roman Yossi is always impressive. Uh, McDonough does what he does. Tyson Berry looks good, but but Dante Fabro to me so far in his first two weeks of this of this season, it's not even really started yet, has looked. Every bit the guy that we thought he would be. He looks aggressive. He looks fast. He looks decisive. He's made – I mean, just in practice today, I just – I kept noticing him uh, in these breakout drills that they were doing uh, just on the defensive end. So the breakout drills are two, you know, two-way, right? The the forwards are trying to create. The defenders are trying to stop. He was shutting down people. I mean, he was he was making great moves. He was – he looked great. So Dante Fabro, to me, has impressed um, – He's on the one-year deal. You know, he—he, he, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that defensive core, which we will talk about as we go on. But you know, with with Dante Frabo on a on a one-year deal and possibly more, who who knows? He's an RFA this next summer. Don't know where he's going to end up, but he looks good so far. I I like where he's headed.
0: I I agree. I, I would say he would be next on my list as well, and I think. I think development-wise, you know, you've seen, you've had to watch him develop at the NHL level. He's he's not been yeah. a guy that spent time in the AHL. That's he good made point. his debut at the NHL level, and that's where he's been ever since. So, good to see that he's making some strides. And uh, I think he's always been a good puck mover. So I think you add in that physical piece, like you were talking about. You got you got something good there.
1: <clears throat> so you know, actually, I'm, I'm looking at this, and I, I realized we're we're gonna be talking about the defense a lot today. I mean, th- th- this is gonna be a big defensive focused, uh, show today. And, and one of the things I wanted to bring up is uh, something I wrote about at penaltyboxradio.com. You can go check it out. And that would have to, that has to do with Luke Shin. And I wanted to get your take on this. Uh, I mean, I, I know, you, I think you probably read what I wrote and, and maybe you have a, an you know insight on from your perspective on this, but we have been kind of since, since, since Barry Trotz signed Luke Shin, uh on july 1st and those comments that he made july 2nd where he's talking about ryan o'reilly and gustav nyquist and uh and and luke shin of course Uh, we heard from him about why he made those signings and a lot of it had to do with culture a lot of it had to do with getting guys in here who want to win getting guys who want to who want to not just be in nashville what was the comment he made that was kind of guys that
0: he wants guys that want to win in Nashville, not yeah. retire in
1: Nashville. Yeah, right. CC Matt Duchesne. Whoa. Uh, and so, so Luke Shen was signing. But the 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 big thing that he said about Luke Shen that I thought was interesting was that he wanted Luke Shen to be a guy that could absorb some of the attention that Roman Yossi had been getting, and about how he didn't like how much how many hits for t- uh, Roman Yosi, how many hits were directed at Roman Yossi and Obviously, he's got a concussion history that they have to protect. He's a highly paid player. He's a very, very good player. So Luke Shin comes in as that guy. And and initially, people thought, okay, well, what does that mean? Is he going to be paired with Roman Yossi all year? Is he going to be um, in- enforcing things? I mean, what what's that role really going to look like? And in practice and in training camp, I guess I should say, and in the preseason, it does look like Luke Shin is going to pair with Roman Yossi. But here's the, here's the issue that, that I think they're going to run into. Luke Shin has averaged over the last five years about 15 minutes a game. Now he had about 16 minutes last year with Vancouver and Toronto, but okay. the minutes went down significantly when when he went to Toronto because they had a, you know they had they didn't need him as in to play as big of a role. Right. In Vancouver, he was like one of the top guys. The typically Roman Yossi's defensive partners are playing 20 minutes. I mean sometimes more. I mean Ryan Ellis was a 23 a minute a night right. guy. Luke Shin is not Ryan Ellis. They, they're not even really comparable in terms of skill. But do they expect Luke Shin to increase his playing time by a huge amount, by by four or five minutes a night in order to, to make that happen? I mean, is that really what they expect to happen? That's kind of the the idea of what I was trying to communicate.
0: So I, I guess a couple of things here. And, and one of the biggest ones is, is you got to look at, okay, how much of that time is Yossi spending on the power play and things like that? Is it possible that that you're going to have Shen not playing on the power play, therefore not taking some of those minutes? Will he be maybe spending more time on the penalty kill or something like that? I'm not really sure how that's going to play out. But I guess the thing is, you know, there's been – if we look back at last season, I I wrote an article where I kind of investigated Kevin Lankinen. And, and the question was, you know, why was Lankinen doing so well as a backup for the Predators? Because if you look back at his time with with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, things weren't going so well for Lankanen. And it was it was interesting how a lot of people were very quick to point out that, well, the Predators are playing better defense in front of Lankinen than the Blackhawks were. But when we looked at the numbers, you actually saw that the Blackhawks had been playing better defense in front of Kevin Lankinen. And the only real explanation we could come up with was that what was helping Lankanen was that he wasn't an every night starter. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, times the adjustment on times there can be a big thing. Is it possible that the reverse is true here, and that maybe more time, especially more time with Roman Yosi, makes you a better player? Yeah, does it make you a a, a better defender? Do you do you have a skill set that you can exploit a little bit differently? When you have someone like Roman Yossi as your partner. Yeah.
1: The The other thing that I, I find interesting and, and kind of I'm kind of curious about is all right, so if they want to protect Roman Yossi from taking hits, that's great. I think that's a good idea. But I think the hits that he's going to take are going to be in the offensive end because that's where hits usually happen. I mean, he, he you know, of course he's going to take, he gets physical in the defensive zone as well. He gives hits in those areas. But most of the hits he's going to take are going to be like take receive you know are going to be other defensemen other forwards trying to knock him off the puck when he has it that's what hits mean and that's going to be tricky because what's luke shin's role in that i mean the, the, he's not the one that's going to be carrying the puck up the ice so it's just i mean i think the idea is is good is a good one barry's barry's kind of idea of oh well we're gonna we're gonna protect roman yossi by getting luke shin that's a good idea in practice, does it work? I don't know. But, you know, We'll see. I, and also, I think there's a possibility that Shen's time on ice is not going to be that much different than what he was last year. It's just that Yossi gets so many minutes because he's just always out there. Right. And he plays on the power play, and he right. plays on the penalty kill. He gets all these other minutes in other ways. Shen's not going to do that. Shen will play on the penalty kill, I think, right. uh, sure. along with McDonough. But, um, yeah, so I think that's, that's a big thing that we have to consider. Um, coming up after the break— we are going to hear from one. Speaking of defensemen, we're going to hear from one Predators defenseman who has a very bright future, and also he's got a little take on college football. So cool. we're going to hear from that uh, from that player in a little bit. Before we do, though, Nashville, if you're looking to buy or sell or invest in real estate, you got to look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus, not just about property, they are about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are all about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for Trust, Transparency, and Community. They're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. If you're ready to make a move, visit salusrealtygroup.com today and experience real estate the Salus way. Hockey fans, if you want to see some awesome junior hockey action right here in Nashville, go check out the Nashville Spartans down in Nolensville at the Gary Force Acura Arena. I went to a couple games last week, Sean. I know you've been to a couple games. It's a ton of fun. And the team's, like, really good, right? I mean, oh, just, yeah.
0: They're currently undefeated.
1: 8-0 in the USPHL, just torching other teams right now, scoring, like, 10, 11 goals a game. <laughs>
0: Pretty intense.
1: You got to check it out. Grab your tickets now. Nashville dot and head down to Nolansville to cheer on the Spartans. Okay, speaking of Spartans and uh, people who are really good at hockey, well, yeah. the second part, I guess. Okay. Um, I want to I want to share with you guys in a conversation that I had with Spencer Stasny defenseman for the currently defenseman for the milwaukee admirals was with training camp with the predators in training camp and also with the predators last year for a few games um i had a conversation with him and uh, we talked about several different things including a little college football okay he had a little take on college football he's uh, a notre dame fighting irish he played four years there so he had to take on that and also uh we talked about his skating ability his uh his his Skills. So uh, we're gonna hear here now from uh, our interview with Spencer Stastny. Stastny, yep. defenseman for the Nashville Predators, and four-year starter with the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Is that right? Four years? Yeah, four years. Four years. Okay. So first question: Have you recovered from the uh, the loss, the football team's loss against the Ohio State Buckeyes from uh, from last week?
2: Oh, that's uh, that's a tough one. Um, and I was watching that game and I was just just hoping, just praying we hold on, but. Even so, I think if Ohio, State's, if Ohio State runs the board, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll finish undefeated here. We'll beat USC coming up. Um, it should be a good one. I, I still have high hopes. I, I like that. You <laughs> still hope. You, you're,
1: you're holding out hope.
2: Yeah. I mean, college football is tough. You lose once and you think maybe your season's over, but a big win like that and, and uh, for a big team like that, you never know what's going to happen.
1: So obviously college football is it's huge in this area, but I think what a lot of people don't know is just how big, especially in the Midwest, college hockey is. And uh, playing there for four years, can you give people a sense of, like, what Notre Dame hockey, ice hockey is like? What, what's the atmosphere at those home games like? And, and and on the road, when you go to like Wisconsin or something, what's, what is it like in that setting?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you think of Notre Dame, you think of football. But increasingly, the hockey team has been really taking over campus and getting a lot of fans, not only locally, but I think all through the Midwest and nationally. Mm-hmm. And I think moving to the Big Ten about five years ago was big just to play Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, those good local teams. And it's always exciting wherever you go, and every weekend it's a good game. Being
1: like you were, I think your senior year you were assistant captain or captain. Assistant captain. Okay, yeah. so taking on a leadership
2: role in that and yeah. that, what was that like? Being a, being kind of the leader of the rest of the group. It was nice. It was nice also just being that leadership group with the team and and have that closer conversation with the coach and just be involved in decision making and uh, just have guys look up to me and try to teach them whatever I learned there for my first three years. Mm-hmm.
1: So if I'm if I'm if I got the timeline right, I think your senior year. You guys make the NCAA tournament, yeah, and then you eventually face against the uh, Minnesota Minnesota State team, yeah, which I believe featured uh, fellow defenseman Jake Livingston. Yeah, that right. It did. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what, what's your What's your memory of that of that matchup?
2: Uh, I mean, we lost that one, so <laughs> my memory's right. not great. Right. But, right. Um, no, I mean that that was a fun game. Like, delete eight there right before the Frozen Four. Oh, okay. I never made it there, but I think that was as close as we got. And uh, just losing that game 1-0 is, is tough, but I think it was a it was a good game from two defensive-minded teams. I, what,
1: have you have you talked to Jake about
2: that particular
1: <laughs> game since then? Or yeah, like?
2: no, I think when we. Uh, First, like sort of met each other after the game when he came to Nashville. We we brought that up, and I know uh, it's a proud moment for him, I'm sure. But it's tough for me. But I think it's fun just seeing someone else who's part of that game and uh, a big one at that.
1: Yeah, you got your your degree at Notre Dame. You, you stuck around and you yeah. got your, your degree. What what did, what did you study, and why was it important for you to uh, to to finish off and, and actually get that that degree from, from Notre Dame?
2: Yeah, I uh, so I studied finance, and then I added a secondary major in film. Okay. I think going into college I knew, I knew the whole time I wanted to graduate and I wanted to finish. I think, and I, I initially started playing hockey just because I loved the game, but then I realized it could take me places and college is one of the places that I really value that it can take me there, it can get me into a good school and I wanted to take advantage of that so I think four years there has really helped me and, and not only as a hockey player but as a person. And. Uh, I'm glad that I stayed four years to graduate.
1: I, I do want to ask you something about the film part of that in a <laughs> minute, but uh, but first about the hockey since we're on that. So I think probably your most obvious strength right now, I think from a lot of people's perspective, has been your skating, yeah. and that has been something that I think that's you know why why you're here now. Where did that start? What did your what's the genesis of your kind sort of strength of your skating <laughs> career, and, or and, and like and why is that such a strong
2: part of your uh, game right now? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Um, I think. I mean, I've always been a fast runner, and I know that doesn't always translate to skating, but I think whereas a lot of guys maybe take pride in their sick handling or their shooting or hitting or something like that, I think just skating is always something that I valued and something that I took time to really get better at. So nowadays, like... I don't get a rush out there from hitting a guy or making a good pass. I just like going fast. So whenever I can do that, <laughs> that's what I try to do. Right, right. Just and, and you
1: just, you still work on it. I mean it's not yeah. like it's not like you just have that in your tools and you're like, Okay, I got that you you're still out there you know, working on strides and working on speed and working on stopping and going
2: and all that stuff. Yeah, I think it's important just to keep going and keep developing that.
1: Looking ahead at this particular season, you got your taste of the NHL last year and, uh, and got a couple assists in there, I think, too. Um, but, but spent most of your time in Milwaukee. What, to give people a sense of the difference between the two, that, that American
2: League, NHL level, and the NHL, what, what's the biggest difference you saw? Yeah, um, I think the AHL was great for me, coming out of college, just to get comfortable with the skill level, the increase in size and speed, but um, that jump to the NHL was something crazy, Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, guys are just so polished out there, every play, every mistake is going to be capitalized on, so it's just bring all and being very, very consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about the film thing.
1: All right, so I, you don't have to don't feel I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh, yeah. Just some some, uh, some of your favorite films. You don't have to give an order. You yeah. don't have to go like number one, number two. But maybe just and maybe just some recent ones. What are some films that have stuck out to you over the last like maybe three or
2: four years? Well, um, well I do think Christopher Nolan is is incredible. Okay. So um, I mean, one that stands out is a little less recent, but Dunkirk I absolutely loved. Um, absolutely. Tenet over COVID was great. Mm. I mean that's one where I don't truly really understand it I don't know if anyone does but it's, yeah, you kinda, it's something that's fascinating you kind of have to take notes when you're watching yeah. that one like okay what
1: happened who, who's that guy again
2: yeah and then this summer even with Oppenheimer and Barbie like that's that's mm-hmm. huge for the film industry and I thought they were both great if you
1: had to give like a favorite actor out there who is who's, who's
2: oh. a, a big actor for you um wow I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch I'm a big Sherlock fan so okay. I, I, I do like him nice um I don't know when people say Marble made him. I don't know about that, but no, I'm a fan of his. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's great. Th- and thank you very much for joining us, and, and good luck in the rest of training camp and, and moving forward with the uh, the Predators. Thank you. So that was Spencer Stastny. That was uh, last week. Um, and a uh, lot of things there. I, I, he's such a fascinating guy, Sean. Yeah. I, he's so He's so interesting to talk to. He has a lot of personality. He's very smart. Uh, that all translates on the ice, ice as well, obviously. Um, a lot of things to think about there. I, I think I think what I, when I think about him as a player moving forward, I think that they've really got something special with him. I think not just his skills, but I think he's, he's got this sort of natural ability to lead and to, to, to take other people with him along the journey. I think he just has this sort of next-level mentality when it comes to his uh, athletic career
0: yeah and I'll tell you too it's really interesting you, you <coughs> mention you mentioned the whole film thing and <laughs> and he talked about a lot of movies, but he dropped he dropped a movie quote in the middle of that interview and i don't think i don't think he noticed it i don't know if you noticed I, it i i didn't what 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 was it i want to go fast what? Talladega nights. <laughs> I I, I, I'm I, telling you. I t-
1: honestly I don't even think I've seen that movie. Well, that's a shame. You're missing okay, out. Well,
0: it's a cinematic masterpiece.
1: the The defensive situation right now for the Predators. So Stastny obviously he's he's in Milwaukee now, along with Jake Livingstone. Who I I was really proud to find out that he uh, he he and him th- sorry Spencer and Jake f- uh, faced off in the uh, Elite Eight of the college hockey tournament. Um, and uh, that was kind of a fascinating story there. But they are in Milwaukee. Mark Geizo is still in Nashville. I think the thought is he probably goes to Milwaukee as well. Right. He's the, the eighth guy right now. But the defensive puzzle right now is just, it's kind of set. I mean, it's we still don't know exactly who the bottom pairing will be, but there's seven guys. You've got Yossi and Shin. You've got McDonough and Barry. You've got Lausanne, Carrier, and Fabro that's who's going to be on this
0: team pretty much the rest of the way. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's probably right. I mean, there's not a lot of movement there you can make happen. I mean, you're you're either going to have to trade somebody away yeah. or you're just going to work with those seven defenders.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I think that they kind of put themselves in a I, – I don't want to say that they painted themselves into a corner, but with the, with the Lausanne contract last year – they kinda of made it so he's kind of the guy at the at the bottom pairing. Yeah. And you know, maybe they did that because they didn't know which of the you know, which of Carrier Fabro, you know, what was gonna happen with Borvietsky, remember that thing and and, and so they, they needed they needed a little bit of stability. But now they've kinda of made it to where they they've gotta play him. Yeah. And then they've gotta play one of Carrier Fabro. Well, there's only seven there's only six spots to play on the defense unless they go seventy, which seems risky
0: that seems yeah
1: it's it just you know someone is gonna there's gonna be a two million dollar or plus a year defender benched every night
0: yeah that's that's not that's not what you want to see is it yeah you think you'd think there'd be a, a better way to make things happen But I, you think back to those those years when you had that that third pairing that bottom pairing was mm-hmm. just a rotation of of your potatoes and Irwin's and Yannick Weber's of the world it's a little bit different now
1: yeah um, it's going to be interesting, and, and you know the defense is uh, what we're focusing on today. But uh, coming up after this, we're going to focus on what we've seen from the power play so far. And most importantly, one thing that we has been missing up until today. We got some news today that I think is going to answer some questions for people. Uh, so we're going to come up with that, or we're going to talk about that coming up after the break. Uh, But
0: yeah, you know, what's interesting, we talked about defenders, you know, the Nashville Predators have had some incredible defenders over the years, Weber, Ellis, Eckholm, Subban, and of course, Roman Yossi, but every great defender needs a great partner. And when you're looking to buy or sell a house in the greater Nashville area, you'll find a great partner in the Salus Realty Group. Their comprehensive listings offer detailed property descriptions, images, and virtual tours for an immersive experience of Nashville homes for sale. At Salus Realty Group, building relationships is their top priority, with parallel customer satisfaction make salas your trusted partner in nashville tennessee real estate assuming
1: high note will kind of be in charge of the penalty kill like he was last year but i wondered if you had designated anyone on terms of the power play or if that's going to be more of a committee thing is that has that been decided yet
0: well we'll see what it does If it's, it's not doing very good it's not me <laughs> I'll, I'll designate it i'm just kidding uh, no i'm gonna take care of it i'm gonna look after it and kind of done that in the past so i enjoy it and um, yeah, today was a little special team on both sides of it. i trying to hit everything before we go home.
1: Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. You just heard from uh, Coach Andrew Burnett talking about the power play. And um, if you didn't catch it, he uh, he started off that answer. So that was uh, that was a practice today. He started off the the answer with uh, m- so my question was, who's in charge of the power play? <laughs> uh, because in the past we've had coaches be in charge of the power play, and uh, he uh, we we haven't really gotten word of you know who's in charge of it this year. And he said, uh, well, if it's bad, then it's not me. And a uh, little joke, a little little joke from the from the old ball coach.
0: Well, I mean, it's a joke, but at the same time, you know, you you always want that uh, plausible deniability. Like, well, remember when I said that? I said that if it wasn't good, it wasn't me, and it wasn't me; it was someone else.
1: But it is him, and I think that's a very interesting thing, and what we're going to talk about this segment because he 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 said, you know, he's going to take care of it. He's it's going to be his his unit, and um, as the head coach taking charge of the power play, I don't think that's something that we've had in Nashville. In a very long time, maybe ever, I don't really remember the early days of Trots. if there was a specific power play, you know, uh, coach assignment there, but definitely under Laviolette, you know, Kevin McCarthy, that was kind of his role under John Hines. It was, um, I think, I think Lambert was Lambert. mostly the guy. Yeah. yeah. He was mostly the guy in charge. Um, I mean, it's it's never just one guy, right? I mean, all the coaches are kind of involved in it. They all have say. They all have they all talk. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's
0: ev- everybody's got their yeah. uh, their spoon in the sauce, if you will. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's 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 all it's all a, a all hands on deck kind of thing. There's not silos there. However, there is ultimately one person who kind of has to decide. Okay, this is what we're going to do. You have to have at least one person pointing the, you know, the dial in a certain direction. So. What do you think about this about Brunette being in charge of the power play because I want to make a football analogy for our football audience. Oh. This is sort of like the head coach calling calling the offensive plays, right? I mean, yeah. that is something that happens. I think I don't I couldn't give you any examples of that. I don't know football that much, but you know, you have head coaches who are the head coach of the team, but then they also call the offensive plays. And then you have teams that have offensive coordinators or whatever. Um is this kind of the same thing? Is 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 Andrew Burnett putting himself in a situation where he's in charge of too much? Is he does he need to delegate it more, or do you think he's uh, he's the man for the job?
0: Well, I, you know, here's the thing: you've got you've got someone that's going to be in charge of the offense, someone's going to be in charge of defense, someone in charge of, of the penalty kill. Uh, you know, I mean, if if you've got the head coach that's delegated all these other things, I'm sure he's overseeing, but maybe it would be beneficial for him to take a vested interest in that one particular aspect considering the recent history of that power play <laughs> unit in Nashville yeah. hasn't been uh, the most uh, positively talked about or received thing. So I, I think it, I, I think it's going to be okay. I'm not worried about
1: it. I, I pulled some numbers today, okay. Sean, Good. about the power play. Yeah. You want to hear how bad it's been? Yeah. Okay, let's go. All right, so the last five years – uh, where, where where is it? Hang on. Uh, okay, the <laughs> last five years since uh, basically, I'm sorry, not the last five years under under John Hines, it was the 20th best unit. Okay, so since 2019 2020, so what is it? Four seasons, basically. Yeah. The 20th best unit in in uh, a league of most that was mostly 31 teams. Most of that. Um, that's not great. 20th no. best. It's not horrible.
0: It's it's middle of the road, and that's yeah. I and mean, that's the problem. It's it's not. You're it's not below average. You're not turning any heads. No. But here's here's one worse. Since the
1: franchise began, since nineteen ninety eight, that's over eighteen hundred regular season games. At almost nineteen to, almost nineteen hundred regular season games, the Predators have the fourth worst power play unit in the league. Wow. Over twenty five years. That's sixteen point eight percent. That's over over twenty five years. Now,
0: so question though. And and look. You're going to know this better than me. How much of that can you pin on the very early years?
1: Oh, a lot, a, a ton. Yeah, okay. for, for sure. Yeah, it, th- a lot of that is the first, specifically, probably the first five years. Right. I would say after 2006, when you know after the lockout, yeah. they got a lot better.
0: Okay. Well, I, you know, it, you're not looking at a team with a hundred years of history here. So exactly. You, you have to yeah. take that in consideration, but still, to be the fourth. Worst. But but in that span in that span, you know who
1: has been good consistently: Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Colorado, Boston, all those teams that are still good yeah. now have been yeah. good for the last twenty. It's, no, you're the, right. It's a system thing, right? I mean, yeah. they they. It's very now. Nashville has also been really good at developing goaltenders and defensemen. That's so, true. So a lot of teams out there have not been good at that. It's you know it's it's there's give and take there. You know Nashville has been really good in
0: certain areas. Power play is one area they've been bad at. But but Alex, I'm going to tell you, I, and I don't know, maybe I maybe I can represent a lot of people out there with this statement. I want I want spicy power play goals, spicy I, ones. Yeah, I want to see I want to see some flames, man. Like give me the flamas, like if the you know one chip I mean. challenge, spiciness. Yeah. Oh, do that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's what I want in goals when it comes to the power play.
1: Well, I've got some spicy lineups for you here. Ooh. How about here's here's some of the lineups we've seen in terms of the units for the power play this year. Okay. This is some spice. I, I. It's not my level of spice. I think there's some some questions what? here. There's a there's a there's one part about this that I don't agree with. But what, what's we'll,
0: your level of spice? What are we talking here?
1: I I don't go much more than uh than like a thousand Scoville units. Okay, so pretty tame. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty tame. All right. Okay. So the the units we've seen so far. The the number one unit we've seen basically has been Forsberg, Yosi, Ryan O'Reilly with Tommy Novak and Tyson Berry. Okay. So two defensemen on the on the power play. That right. is a, a thing a lot of people don't like. They've done it plenty of times in the past. The
0: Yossi-Ellis
1: combination was yeah. the big
0: one. But in, in that situation, you've got Roman Yossi as one of those defenders. That, yeah, right. That, I mean, yeah. come on.
1: He's the quarterback, but he he moves everywhere. Right. right. Um, and, and in that two defensemen situation, let's go back to the Yossi-Ellis pairing. You had Yossi being the quarterback. You had Ellis being the um. Trigger man, you know, down low, right or, uh, on the outside, really, on that, that left wall. Forsberg on the right, and then Novak and Ryan O'Reilly somewhere in the middle. So that's kind of how I foresee it. I think Barry will be somewhere kind of where Ellis was, but in a different role. Maybe they'll switch. Off. I think they're going to do a lot of switching. Barry and Yossi switching where Yossi can travel, Barry can be the, the can take over as the quarterback because he's good at that too. So I don't mind that, but. There's other weapons that I think could find their way onto that unit that are on the second unit right now, and that okay. would be, I think Evangelista is on the second unit. I think Glass is on the second unit. Tomasino, and then there's kind of a mix. It's like Parsons been there for Kimmel, but he's in Milwaukee now. Mm, yeah. What about Nyquist? I, who's the other? Def, you know, is there another defenseman? Does Barry slip down to the second unit? Uh, I think Fabro could see some time there if he's if he's playing like I think he will yeah so the second unit's like I, I'm not sure what to think about it I mean I, I I would almost rather see Evangelista up on the first unit Barry down on the second unit okay Barry quarterbacking number two with glass Tomasino let's say Nyquist and Parsonan.
0: okay I, I I don't have a problem with that there that to me would give you more opportunity for spiciness <laughs> all about the spice of course um Here's a question. Okay. Uh,
1: What improvement do you need to see from the power play in order to feel okay about it? Because here's the numbers. We talked about some numbers. Here's the numbers from last year. Okay. They were 28th in the league, 17.6%. Now, two years ago, they had the crazy good year where they had all those players go for 40 goals. Right. Uh, They were eighth that year. Um and then the previous year, they were 17. So I think it's safe to say this team ceiling right now is like 17% success, maybe 18% success. Well, the Top, top units are getting like almost a quarter, like almost yeah. 25%. I mean, Edmonton, Toronto, right. Colorado, those are all great power play units that get like 23, 24, 25%. Do we need the Predators power play to be close to that in order to see success? Or do you just need a little bit of improvement?
0: Well, if you're looking for immediate, like, I want to see immediate improvement, then, yeah, you want to see them up there. But if you're looking things over, if you're playing the long Mm -hmm. game here, which, you know, you got to understand, this is the beginning of a rebuild, right? Or uh, maybe that's the wrong – I don't know what the right (laughs) word to use is anymore. But this is the beginning of a a new era, let's say that. That's the beginning of a new era. I'm okay with seeing some improvement now with the expectation that that improvement continues – and eventually gets to that spot. I, I'm not. I don't need 23 percent this year to feel happy. I, I give me 19 and a half, and I'll be smiling. Yeah. The the by the way,
1: not uh, Andrew Burnett, who is now in charge of the power play last year with New Jersey. 19, I think is what it was. I'm double checking that. I think it was 19. Yeah. Oh nope, I'm wrong. 21. Whoa. 21.9 percent. 21. Okay. 21. Uh, 13th in the league that was. So I'm. It, there's a lot of really good players on the power play, but including Jack Hughes. But yeah, psh, true. I, I think if you got close to that, if you got 19%, if you got 20% as this yeah. unit, uh, that would make – I mean, that's going to make the difference between about three or four wins and losses. Sure. Right there. That's going to swing your season, I think, either way. So would be really important for the Nashville Predators to get there. Um, we'll see if that actually happens. Um, you know, the the power play is one that – one one other thing that I was going to mention is we all I also asked him about – they were working on breakouts today. Right. That's the thing that, that in the power play, a lot of people, well, some people who really pay attention get frustrated by because it's it's a it's thing, it's a thing that for some reason they can't figure out all the time. But you know, it's one thing for the power play to be in the zone, passing it around, and not getting the shots that they need. It's another thing for them to not even get it in the zone. Right. They were really working on the breakout and the entry today, and I think that was a big a big focus. They seem to be really kind of hammering that. Yeah. Um, I asked Brunette about it and he said, yeah, those, you, you want to have like a plan. You want to have like, okay, here's, here's when, when you're, when you're in the zone with speed, you need to have plans for support. You need to have plans for how you're going to get the, the puck, what you're going to do with it when you get in there. It was a I think it's a big focus for them.
0: Well you don't you don't just wanna rush into the zone and have the first guy, the the guy who's bringing the puck in just fire it off from the from the blue line and just hope for the best. Yeah. You know, you you want it you want an idea of what needs to happen once you get in there. And I, I've seen them practice this all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean you're saying they're practicing it a lot now. They practice it a lot. Yeah. You've just you've got to see some kind of execution on on those improvements to really to really see a difference start to happen, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think they're going to—we'll see it. I I, I don't know—you know, there's a lot of people that get frustrated with the entries uh, in terms of, like, building up all that speed, and then they drop pass, and then they just get to the blue line, and then it just dies. Everything dies. I think the focus today was continuing through that, breaking through that sort of blue line wall, and getting through yeah. and, and actually making something out of it. So uh, pretty important. Okay, we are one week from opening night, Sean. Here at home opening night. Right. Well, we're six days from opening night in Tampa. Right. And we are one week basically from the home opener against Seattle. So, up next, you and I are going to give out our opening night roster. Sounds good you to ready me. To, are you ready to do that? Yeah. I hope that you're ready to do that. And also, if you're maybe ready to buy a home, it can be a stressful experience. Um, it's a huge decision. There's a lot of things to consider, but with real ex- uh, experienced real estate professionals at Salus Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant and dynamic city in the world, Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, investor, or selling your property, the Salus Realty team guides your guides you every step of the way. They have an intimate knowledge of Nashville's neighborhoods, schools, and market trends, and they'll match you with the perfect home to suit your lifestyle and needs. If you want to get started, go to salisrealtygroup.com and experience real estate the Salis way. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. We are also on the highway to the danger zone. Because we are about to set out our opening night roster, Sean. Oh boy. So, this will be pretty quick. I, there's a lot of things we can probably go with, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about with the roster, but at this point we're pretty sure we know exactly what it's going to look like. The Predators have 25 uh, players on their roster right now. They've got, a, a, they've got to get down to 23 by opening night. Right there's two guys that I think are probably definitely not going to be on this roster come Tuesday. Now, one of them I know for sure. One of them probably, right? So let's let's go through it. All right. Um, on the roster, obviously, Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly. Am, am
0: I oh, yeah. too far off on that? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys are going to be playing on opening night, Alex. Yeah, okay. So let's go. It would be. Strange if they weren't. Philip Forsberg,
1: Ryan O'Reilly, Roman Yossi, Luke Shin, Ryan McDonough, Tyson Berry. Uh, Philip Tomasino, I think he's going to make it this year. I think so. Tommy Novak going to be in there. Yes. Luke Evangelista, in. Cody Glass, in. Gustav Nyquist, Dennis Gurianov in. Colton Sissons, Jakov Trenin, and yes, Cole Smith, in. Yusou Parsonin. You think he's in, Sean? I think he's in. I think he's in. Jeremy Lozon, we just talked about this. Gotta be in. Definitely in. Yep. Roman uh Roman Fabro. That's not a person. Dante Fabro, Alex Carrier, both in. So that leaves Kiefer Sherwood, Sammy Fagamo, who they just got, just picked up, Michael McCarran, and Mark Delgado. There's 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 those those four. Correct. Um of those, I think it's pretty obvious that Mark Markdale Mark Dale is going to get sent down to Milwaukee. He is, he's waivers exempt, um, I, I believe, right? He is waivers exempt, I think. Which <laughs> double check? You, you that. did yes, say is. that earlier. Yes, he is he, is, yeah. he is. he He's waivers exempt. Uh, so he's going to go down to Milwaukee, and um, I think probably Michael McCarran gets waived.
0: I, I would say so, and I think I think it's important to to, to note. That with Del Geizo being waivers exempt, that, you know you'd keep him around to be to make four pairings for defense during camp, mm-hmm. and then there's there's no risk in sending him because he, he's yeah. not going through waivers. He's not going to get claimed.
1: And my initial thought on that was why him and not Spencer Stastny or Jake Livingstone staying here. I've since come around on that, thinking like, well, Del geizo has been in Milwaukee Admirals training camp sp- plenty. Right. He knows what's going on down there. Correct. Stastny and Livingstone could probably stand to to be down there for that. So. I think the right move.
0: That makes a lot of sense if you organizationally. Yeah. Not just for the Predators but for the Admirals as well.
1: Especially Livingstone because he didn't he didn't play at all in Milwaukee last year. Right. Yeah. So we'll see how he does there. Um, Okay, So that means that on opening night uh, Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, Juso Parsonen, Tomasino, Novak, Evangelista, Guryanov, Glass, Nyquist, Trennan, Sisson, Smith, uh, Fagamo and Sherwood are all your forwards. I think Sherwood and Fagemo are probably healthy scratches. Maybe Sherwood is in in place of Smith or, or I mean, I don't know, maybe Guryanov, who knows. But I think those guys are in. Uh, and then the seven defensemen we've talked about all show, I think yeah. those, are, those are the guys.
0: Well, you know, Guryanov has. And Saros and Kevin
1: Lankin in oh, two goalies, oh yeah. the don't- easiest. Part of this whole thing,
0: easy easy calls on those easy but street. I call it. I, I think Gurionov has more offensive upside than the other forwards listed. You know, I, I think that makes more sense to, especially to see if what they think they see in him is going to show up in Nashville, kind of like it did in Dallas. See,
1: again, Sean, he, here's where you, you've made your second mistake of the, of the two shows we've had. This, oh I, boy, I think you're wrong. I I I think Kiefer Sherwood is is underrated in terms of his offensive ability. I just think he's really. Solid in that. And I just have not seen anything from Guryanov right now that makes me think he's better than Sherwood in that department.
0: Well, I here's the thing. Here's why I'm saying that is i is I've, I've always felt like coaches and teams, they see certain players in certain roles, regardless of whether Sherwood is being underrated in his mm-hmm. offensive abilities. I mean, he was lighting up the AHL last season. Mm -hmm. when he was there I mean he was he was scoring at will essentially so I I think the biggest thing is for whatever reason and maybe this this changes from last season to this season they they didn't view him as someone who is going to go out and score a bunch of goals they wanted him to be one of those grinders along with Smith and that's why and and also remember Kiefer Sherwood
1: scored the first two goals of the Nashville Predators season last year or first goal rather just the first goal yeah. How it. are we gonna have that bookend and have that happen again if he's not on the opening night roster didn't, playing? Didn't
0: he score the last goal of the season as
1: well? <laughs> That's right. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. need this to continue. Yeah. Key for Sherwood fun. is the bookend of the National Predators. Gotta, gotta be starting on opening night. Okay, Sean. We are ready to roll the three on three draft because Ooh. this is this is where the fun begins. I'm this whole all this whole show's been just grunt work and, and getting it done. Now we get to play. Now we get to play. <laughs> because today as we do, every, as we're going to do every show, we're going to end with a three-on-three draft. Here's how this works. We will draft three things. Could be people, could be places, could be things. And uh, one of us is going to, you know, we're going to have three things after the, at the end of this draft. Today we are drafting props from movies, movie mm-hmm. props. So we each get to pick a movie prop from whatever movie we want. Well. And we got some great music here. Uh, our producer Connor is uh, crushing it with our music selection right here.
0: So, Sean, would you like to? Now you went first last time, didn't you? I did. So I get to go first. Oh, today. I feel like I'm gonna oh, look. I'm gonna say this. I've I've done a lot more scouting than you have. I've had I doubt a lot it. More time to scout. Uh, I doubt it. A lot older than you are. Hundreds okay. of years.
1: My first overall pick in the three on three draft, where we're drafting movie props, is the Red Five helmet. Worn by Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, that doesn't take anything off my draft I would
1: I would wear that helmet everywhere. I would wear it in a sh- in the shower. I would wear the Red 5 helmet where he's flying around destroying the Death Star. I would wear it everywhere. So I <laughs> want that Just, on my... Huh? Did you say you'd wear it in the shower? I would wear it in the shower. I would wear it everywhere. I would wear it at my wedding. You're, I would wear it at the birth of my
0: child. You're already married. Well, you know... Just in case, <laughs> a recommitment ceremony. <laughs> right, there you go. I'll wear it to my recommitment. Ceremony. What's your first pick? Uh, my first pick. And look, there, there's been a lot of a lot of talk around the Smith House about this, but I'm I'm making the smart choice. Okay, I'm gonna take a, a heavy hitter off the board first with the DeLorean from Back to the Future Two because that one can fly. Okay. All right. I I actually thought about that. I thought about Back to the Future, and I, I was
1: considering DeLorean but I was kind of going in more the just the flux capacitor itself but well that, that was I good. mean that's, that's a good nice
0: pick. but if I recall it also it doesn't run on traditional fuel so I feel like you know we've got a lot of we number one I'm flying everywhere I go um, you can wear your little helmet and uh, wave your little sword <laughs> my around little or, helmet I can <laughs> destroy entire space stations with that helmet with the helmet doesn't Okay, I don't think that's what helmets do. Okay, but. my second pick.
1: I, I don't think that you're going to—now I'm realizing that my picks are—I I don't think you're going to be close on mine. But my second pick, I'm going with Andy Dufresne's rock hammer from Shawshank Redemption. You know what I'm talking about. Right? I, I am aware All right. of, of what that—why? So, so, Andy Dufresne, who crawled through a river of you-know-what in order to get to the other side— uh, used a rock hammer to hammer his way through the walls of the prison, and uh, in Shawshank, and uh, I think that rock hammer was so cool, and it, how it's all like worn down and everything from all the years of uh, of hammering away. I think that'd be really cool to have. I'd rather. I'd keep I it on my desk.
0: I'd rather have one of the posters that used to cover it up.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. All right, so, what's your pick?
0: Oh boy, yeah, you know, I mean, my I've got all of my options on the table, so I'm I'm not really sure here. Let's let me take a quick look. Okay, now I've, I've had to do some—there's some. some there's been some inner turmoil here on which one of these. I don't want to repeat movies or franchises, so um, it, it's kind of come down to this. Do I want something that's really, really cool mm-hmm. and looks cool and can do a lot of cool things, or do I want Like something- the
1: Red 5 helmet from Luke Skywalker?
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> your shower hat? is that hat. Alex's special shower hat that he's going to wear— <laughs> to his recommitment ceremony (laughs) and get asked to leave the birthing room. (laughs) Sir, please step out. You're wearing a helmet. It's not been approved by sterile. I don't know. Okay, what's your pick? I'm going to go with Captain America's shield. Oh, man, that's good. That's really good. You're beating me in this already. I can already tell. Well, I've told you and I don't think you believe me. I've had a lot more you, time to do you scouting. Def- you yeah, definitely are out-scouted the competition. And I'm, I'm
1: looking at my last pick. And I already know I'm, I'm not even going to come close. But I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. My third pick is, and this is just one of my favorite movies of all time. And this makes me kind of weird because this is not a movie that I think most people care about. But I want one of the bowling pins from the final scene in There Will Be Blood. Okay, where he beats that guy. Spoiler alert! With the uh, the bowling pin. So I want. I want one of the bowling pins from There Will Be Blood. Daniel Day-Lewis is a national treasure. Well, he's British, but, you know, whatever. He's an, he's an international treasure. And uh, that's what I want. I want one of the bowling pins. So I've got the red fowl helmet. I've got Andy Dufresne's rock hammer, and I've got one of the bowling pins from There Will
0: Be Blood. That's an interesting choice. Okay. Um, you're essentially putting on a special hat and running around with a bloody bowling pin in one hand and a little, little Tinker's hammer in the other. No look at me. Yeah, pretty much. I'm flying. Are- I'm flying in a DeLorean, man. Yeah. I'm having the best time of my life, and if anybody wants to mess with me, I've got cap shield, so <laughs> All right, I don't this feels like a layup at this point, but now that I've got the shield and I can go as fast as I want and wherever I want in time, I'm going to take Dumbledore's wand from the Harry Potter franchise. Well, wh- hold on, which
1: wand? Isn't there doesn't he have the Elder Wand? Is that yeah, what you're it's talking Dumbledore's about? Dumbledore's wand. No, that's yes, not. Yes,
0: Dumbledore. He he controlled it for the duration of the films. N- I think
1: there's some debate there about which wand it is, right? <sighs> we. My wife is a Harry Potter expert. She's gonna she's gonna analyze this and tell us because th- there's a there's the Elder Wand that's Correct. like the yes. big wand the, that the, everyone wants.
0: Well, not everyone. Alex didn't want it. Okay, well that's
1: true. <laughs> um Okay. Well, all right.
0: So I, here's I'm curious to see what she says. But I I thought there was something with like obviously at some point the wand chose the wizard for Dumbledore and he got his own special wand, but when he was able to Okay,
1: so you have a lot of like big big movies that have made a lot of money and, and like, you know, that those are very successful movies. I've got some cool stuff. I've got i I've got talking points. Everyone knows what Captain America they're gonna be like, Oh, that's Captain America's Shield. They're gonna be like, Is that what is that a rock hammer? What is that from? Oh, that's from Andy Dufresne's rock hammer from Shawshank Redemption. You can—it's a talking point. You can talk I'll, about.
0: They'll be like, did you did you have to choose last? Did and, you only get <laughs> just what was left? And over? you can talk about
1: you know the the that it's based on the short story "Hope Springs Eternal" by Stephen King and how impactful that was in my young life as a as a reader in college and you know that's important.
0: Oh, okay. Well, everybody <laughs> makes choices.
1: Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. Um, by the way, I have a bonus. I just, I'm just i just going to throw this in there. I also want the box
0: from Seven. Oh. oh. The box. Oh, what's in the box? What's
1: in the box? What's in the box? I don't know, but I want that box. Oh. I want that box. That's my bonus. You so don't I, want that box. So I think Sean wins. He got the DeLorean, the Captain America shield, and the uh, Dumbledore's wand. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Sean wins this round. I won last round, I think. Maybe, maybe we didn't determine that.
0: I don't think we determined.
1: All right. That does it for the three-on-three draft. Thank you so much for uh, for listening. And thank you for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented yes. by Silas Realty Group. Silas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also, thank you to the Nashville Spartans. Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. Uh, we will be back next week. And guess what? We will be able to recap a Predators regular season game yeah. next Wednesday. That is going to be exciting. So, we will, so look forward to that every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 102.5 The Game and on our podcast feed as well. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.